Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, so let's talk TV because if you're a fan of the hit HBO Max series Euphoria, then you know the show has no problem with exploring sexuality and gender. However, with shows like Euphoria, many viewers are criticizing dangerous queer tropes we're seeing on television. Well, joining us to break down these like queer tropes um, is Dr. Melissa Fabello, the professor of human sexuality studies. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Now, we know that you are you have not, you know, you haven't decided to induce yourself in trauma by watching Euphoria. So um, <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, You're missing out, Doc. You're missing out. <laughs> but I do want I think it's important to note uh, to note that Glad recently actually dropped their Where Are We on Television report, finding that for the first time in the report's history, lesbian characters represent the majority of LGBTQ characters on broadcast at 40 percent, up six percentage points from the previous season. So we're seeing an, uh, actually a, a, a turn in seeing more representation of queer characters and queer stories all across the bases. Um, but it still seems like there are some stories that are being told are very dangerous when it comes to queer tropes. Can you basically, I guess, identify and, and say or define what queer tropes are so we can kind of have a base level before we break into the, the conversation here? So a trope in media is basically a story um, that's told over and over and over again. And the reason why television um, and movies use tropes is because they're easily recognizable to the audience. So, for example, um, a blonde woman tells to the audience that she's not very smart. Mm. And so it's like and, and that's messed up. Right. But like but that's what it signals to the audience. And so they don't have to do as much explanation. So a trope is basically a way for media to rely on a narrative and a story that you already know because it's been repeated so often. Mm. Can tropes ever be for the positive? Because it always seems like we discuss these things in through, uh, of course, a negative lens. Like when I think about like the example that you just gave around um, even with white women who are blonde, I think about darker skinned black women. I think about trans mm. women. So, mm-hmm. is, is there any way that any group ever benefits from trope like representation within media? I mean, I would argue that definitely marginalized groups don't. I mean, I don't know how you because essentially a trope is a stereotype, right? So it's like you can't stereotype any oppressed group in a in a way that's going to be helpful to that group and it's it's hard because what ends up happening and i know we're going to get into this is that what they end up creating are just 
multiple tropes, right? Like you brought up, mm. like, um, like darker skin black women, black women, for example, a lot of times is like the quote unquote mammy stereotype, particularly fatter, darker skinned black women, or then you might have the black women represented as angry or black women represented as um, hypersexual. It's like mm. you really can't get away from there's none of those stereotypes that are going to help black women at the end yeah. of the day. No, you're so right. Because for, for me, though, I I think a lot of the conversations that I'm engaging with, um, especially, I mean, it's connected back to the euphoria. But for me, it's there's this idea of are we wanting storytelling on like in in media when it comes to like scripted shows? Are we wanting them to be this fairy tale, no problems mm. happening, no nuances happening? It's just like, oh, everyone's getting the right pronouns, everyone's getting that. It's kind of like there's not showing any complicated, flawed characters. Like, are we are we willing to mm-hmm. risk that form of storytelling so we can live in this happy, nothing wrong, you know, nothing is wrong type of world? Is is that is that positive or uh, you? know are negative Mm -hmm. right and so i think that the issue that we come up against right is it would be one thing if we were saying okay here's all these queer characters on tv they're complicated they're complex there's different stories being told um and some of them are kind of this fairy tale version and some of them are you know a mess um that would be one thing but instead what we get is we get the same story over and over and over again if i never saw a coming out story again it would be like too, too soon. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's boring. And so, and I think what happens is with, for example, bisexual characters or lesbian characters, particularly women, um, what ends up happening is it's always, it, is there a true, honest, like sapphic experience where like women loving women end up in relationships with men or having sex with men or something like that? Yeah. A thousand percent. That is a, that is a real true experience. And if it is the only thing that we ever see on television, what does that make people in the real world believe about women who are attracted to women? Yeah, yeah I, I've been yeah. I've been thinking a lot as you've been speaking because I I think about how I often say that Hollywood is so horny for black trans trauma. There's never a mm. a storyline regarding a black trans woman just merely walking her dog and going mm-hmm. to Ralph's mm-hmm. and grabbing a bite to eat. There's always it has to be some sort of struggle, and that is. You know, I mean, that's a reality for some of the girls, but for some of us, it's it's not. And I think it's it, it it's on a Kinsey scale, so to speak, for lack of better wording. Um, but what can we say? Like, I think about Euphoria and Nate. Um, I know that you're not really familiar with the show, but Ryan and I have talked about how people don't. A lot of them don't. I feel don't realize how they're being transphobic by. Uh, calling mm. Nate gay because Nate is attracted to a, a a girl in his school who is trans. Yeah. So how can we kind of better massage and flesh out these types of conversations with respecting everybody's right to self-identify? Oh, sure. Oh, that is complicated. Well, I think so. There's there's this one idea that might be useful, particularly in this kind of situation where um there are different types of scales. You, know, you mentioned the Kinsey scale, for example. There's like several different types of scales. There's a client orientation grid. I like the orientation behavior identity model. There's, there's various ways to understand that our sexual identity and our sexual behavior or sexual orientation don't always, quote unquote, match up. And so someone can identify however they want to identify for whatever reason, but that doesn't necessarily speak on what kinds of relationships they're having. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in a... 
there's just so many different ways that 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 can show up um so many different combinations and i think that it's really about like you know more broadly like better sex education and people actually understanding even the difference between orientation behavior and identity people don't even know that there's a difference between your identity and your orientation they're kind of collapsed (laughs) you know well and i think we find like i've been realizing that a lot of people are really erasing the nuances of sexual fluidity and really kind of returning Mm. to especially a lot of queer folks uh, and even trans folks are returning back to this binary way of just saying oh no that person is gay that person is this and it's just like not straight then you're gay yeah and it's like you can't do that because you're now just erasing this fluidity and and you're pushing in one breath that you want people to have the opportunity to be labelless and and do whatever they want Come but then now. the next breath you're literally you know defining what they are based on their re- their actions and so for me that oh. that feels mm-hmm. so you know problematic in so many ways right it's like what what the oxymoron or the mm-hmm. <laughs> is going mm-hmm. on it's honestly i mean it's wild and as a bisexual person i mean i get this all the time my orientation or my identity is defined by other people based on who i am in a relationship with that is ridiculous mm-hmm. like it's it's you know and it's 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 really harmful and i think that this is kind of what ends up happening also with bisexual characters is you might have a bisexual character you know who is depending on what relationship they're in is kind of like almost like you forget that they're bisexual or like mm-hmm. even i mean i know like this is like going way back <laughs> oh, but yeah. like I, <laughs> Right. And like even like a, a way back example, of like Alice on the L word, where mm-hmm. she is a, an out and proud bisexual for the first couple of seasons. And then she just starts identifying as a lesbian. I mean, it's, it's a biphobic narrative. Yes, like, it's it just is. Because it, look, it makes bis- bisexuality look like a pipeline. It does. Yeah. Exactly. That's it. And that's the exact problem with a trope is there's nothing wrong with a person who identifies as bisexual and later identifies as a lesbian. And in fact, now in Generation Q, she redefines as a bisexual. That's awesome. That's real. But if that is the story that we are always being told is that bisexual people eventually choose, that's a problem for the bisexual community. Oh my God, Doctor Melissa! I could talk to you every single to... day. I like, could do two more segments oh with you. Oh my God! Like, <laughs> y'all, Doctor Melissa puts a fire in me that I just be like, yes! Thank you so much for joining. We have to keep the show going, but seriously, you are so so wonderful. Thank you. Have a good one. Now, coming up next, there is a specific group of workers being left out of the labor shortage, but they might be the solution we've all been waiting for. Coming up next, this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 